Welcome to Community Cocktails with Kimberly, hosted by Kimberly Woodard, a realtor for nearly 20 years with Ebby Halliday Realtors. Join her every first and third Wednesday of the month as she meets with the top community influencers to help you get to know the area you want to call home. Don't just love your home, love your community. And now, your host, Kimberly Woodard. Welcome viewers to this episode of Community Cocktails with Kimberly. I am so thrilled and so excited about my guest today. Ladies, welcome. I have Miss America 2022 and Miss America Outstanding Team 2022. Yes. So I have Emma Broyles mm -hmm. and I have Marcel um, LeBlanc here, and I am just thrilled to have you on my side. <laughs> so, um, so welcome to Dallas and, and yes. let's talk. So yeah. I'm going to start with Emma. Okay. Um, so you are not just the first Korean, but also first Alaskan. Uh, to be Miss yeah. America. Yeah, it is such an incredible honor to not only be the first in those fields, but also to be the 100th anniversary Miss America. It's so cool to think about how there have been so many women competing in the Miss America organization since 1921, which is crazy that to think about. Crazy. But I do have to note that I'm not actually the 100th Miss America. <laughs> Obviously, with COVID, we had to skip a year. Yeah. There were a few years, I think, during World War II and during the Great Depression when we didn't crown a Miss America. But it's so wonderful to be a part of this sisterhood and to represent my Alaskan roots and my Korean heritage as well, to be the first from each of those two things. It really means a lot. I know that when I was younger, I enjoyed getting to watch the Miss America competition. And it's crazy to think that now I am Miss America and I get to um, travel a country and meet young girls who look up to me like I was looking up to Miss America when I was younger. Oh, I love that. Well, Marcel, so you are getting ready to finish your rank right. um, this year, and which I know that year has gone fast. It really has. Nobody prepares you for how fast this year goes by. <laughs> they really don't. So but let's talk to you, because when we were talking you know, earlier, you're you know, for a Miss American Outstanding Teen, um, there's a large um, age gap, um, but you're at the until um, older end, yeah. whereas Emma was at the younger end. So mm -hmm. you guys really developed that bond too. We did. We did. It was really, it was really, really special because I, just as a testament to Emma's character, the second she won Miss America, I can't even count how many candidates from Miss America came up to me and were like, you just got the best myth you could ever ask for. You got oh. the best myth you could ever ask for. And they could not have been, they couldn't have been more right. I mean, I really just... I've had the best time with Emma and um, couldn't have thought of a better person to spend this year with. Well, likewise, <laughs> I have to say, she's going to make me blush over here. Likewise, though, I mean, all the teens from Marcel's class also told me about how wonderful my new teen is. Mm -hmm. And they were so right because Marcel is the best teen Ow. ever. It's the great thing about this is you get yeah. to develop a really close relationship with your other national title holder. So I'm really, really lucky. Yeah, and it's been super yeah. crazy with Emma and I, because like you said, we are, I'm, I'm on the older end of teen and Emma's on the younger end of Miss. So while I'm Miss America's outstanding teen and she's Miss America, we are one year apart in age. So oh. we have gotten this <laughs> super special bond and gotten, gotten to share this experience um, really more as friends than title holders. It's mm -hmm. been really awesome. That is so wonderful. Well, let's talk about you the organization does scholarships. You both have impressive majors. So let's um, start with 
Um, Marcel's major um, at oh, Auburn. Yes. <laughs> so I am going into my sophomore year at Auburn University. Oh, wow. I'm super excited about that. Um, I moved on to my sorority hall right before I came here. Um, um, I have to ask him a sorority. What sorority? Yes. I'm an Alpha Gam. Oh, I'm an Alpha Gam at Auburn. Yay. I. Uh, I love it. I love it. It's a really great sorority, and the girls are really awesome. There's awesome. a lot of other outstanding Peen and Miss yep. America girls in there with me. So um, it's been really great to have that kind of bond. But um, I am an accounting major at Auburn University because um, not for the reasons that people think I'm an, accountant, I'm, I'm an accounting major. I am a professional film and television actress, and I've been doing that for eight and a half years now. And I have really loved my experience and that's really what I want to do. And I've been really fortunate to be a part of some really special projects and meet some really great people. But in order to be successful really in any industry, you need to understand business and you need to understand finances and accounting and contracts and all of those things. So um, I wanted to, in going to college, pick a major that was really going to benefit me in those areas of my career. And that was what led me to accounting. Well, I love hearing that. Um, I hope my son is listening. <laughs> um, but, and then um, I'm gonna, let's talk about your yeah. um, major process. Yeah. So <laughs> I am in my undergraduate degree in Barrett the Honors College at Arizona State University, which obviously is kind of a big change from living in Alaska yes. to now living in Arizona. But it's, I mean, if you've ever been to Alaska or Arizona, you know the summers in Alaska are perfect and the winters in Arizona are perfect. So I really get the best of both worlds. But I was actually halfway through my junior year when I won Miss America. And so I am in the middle of kind of an unconventional gap year in the nice. middle of my undergraduate degree. But I still have a year and a half left, so I'll get right back on track when I give up my title this December. And I am actually on a pre-med track, and I'll be headed to medical school once I graduate to hopefully become a dermatologist. But I also study voice performance as well, just because I couldn't give it up just yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are going to, I know, are going to go very far in both your careers yeah. and very smart and intelligent and women I have right here on my set. So I'm loving this. Um, so let's talk about each of y'all's, you, each of you have philanthropies that you support and you know, that's part of your um, job as Miss America to promote that. Um, so let's talk about those. So you want to? Yeah, I have been very fortunate to have an, a sibling who has an intellectual disability. My older brother, Brendan, has Down syndrome. And my mom is also a special education teacher. And it just happened to be that she had already been a special Olympics coach and she had worked with special O and been a special education teacher for many years. And then was just happened to be blessed with um, a son with an intellectual disability. And so since Brendan was um, first eligible to become a special Olympics athlete, I have been going to practices with him. So special Olympics has been a pretty big part of my life since oh, yeah. I was about seven years old, you know, twice a week. My younger brother and I would go to practice with Brendan and we'd help out. And so a lot of my, my days growing up were spent at Special Olympics practices. And I really got to experience how important Special Olympics is to communities and really creating a community of inclusion and empathy. And I was fortunate enough to be the president of the largest partners club, which is a Special Olympics school program in the state of Alaska. And I got to see those relationships blossom between high school students who have and don't have intellectual disabilities. And that's really kind of what led me to want to work with Special Olympics on another level. And so now as Miss America, I get to act as a ambassador and a representative of Special Olympics and um, tell people who aren't familiar with Special Olympics what it is that they do and why it's so important. Oh, I'm a big, big um, person that's involved in that as well. Awesome. Um, I have a, 
goddaughter who has special oh, really? needs. And wow. so, um, oh, no and so when we can, when my mm-hmm. kids can, my older one and I have um, volunteered oh, at different amazing. events. Wow. And so it's so much fun. Well, well thank you so much. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, we love to see the kids' um, faces. Right. Um, and I know my son's um, high school just did their senior project. They did oh my a gosh, big event really? for years. Wow. Um, that is amazing. It's so cool to see the younger generation as well, you know, taking that initiative and getting involved because once they have that opportunity to build a relationship with somebody unlike them, I think that kind of just creates a sense of empathy and it strengthens that empathy muscle in them that will create a a brighter world for all of us in the future, I think. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Well, Marcel, let's talk about yours. Yeah. So I touched on a little bit earlier that I am a film and television actress. Yes. Um, The arts is very, very important to me. Um, I grew up Um, in a school environment where I was sadly victim to a lot of bullying. Um, I I mean, I had kids swap my lunchbox off at the table so so I wouldn't sit with them. I had kids spit their fingernails in my hair. I just, I I had students just straight up ask me why I was hanging out with them and not to. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was really devastating for me because I was nine and 10 years old. Right. And I am a pretty self-aware person and I recognize areas of my life where I see faults in myself and see where maybe I guess I deserved it. And I kept trying to re- like tell myself in my head, maybe I deserve this. Maybe I'm doing something. And because of that, a lot of my identity was focused on being who I thought other people wanted me to be. And I thought day and night about what I could do to make people like me more and going out of my way to do things for other people and prioritized other people's happiness and well-being over my own. And I just remember I would get in the car with my mom and cry when my efforts wouldn't work and ask, you know, what I was doing. Why, why didn't I fit in? What's wrong with me? What can I do to make people like me more? And as a parent, you can imagine how devastated my, (laughs) you can imagine how devastated my mom was because she saw the efforts I was doing. And like I said, while I'm a pretty self-aware person, I just did not know what I was doing Mm -hmm. to make people not like me. And I realized later down the line that it was just solely because I was different and I wasn't afraid of my differences. I didn't shy away from the things that made me unique. Mm -hmm. I embraced those things. Um, And I don't, I I just don't think it was well received, I guess. But um, my mom being as devastated as she was tried so hard to help me find my outlet where I fit in. And I found my people. I tried soccer. I tried basketball, dance, cheer, everything, you name it. And I just could not find my outlet. And then a family friend of ours suggested that I get involved in the community theater. And he was like, theater kids are just different. I can't explain it. Theater kids are just different. She will find her place there. So there was a community theater by my house doing a production of Annie. It was their big main stage summer production. They were bringing in people from New York and LA and all over the world to be in this production. So little old 11-year-old me waltzes into this audition with a headshot that I took in my best friend's living room. Um, I panicked when they asked me to have a resume because I didn't have anything to put on a resume. Um, But I walked in, I sang my song, and lo and behold, I landed the title role. And I was so absolutely dumbfounded because I had never seen myself in a lens of being capable to be Annie in a main stage production of the musical. I had never seen myself in that light. It was the first time in my life that I was surrounded by people that wanted me in their group pictures and wanted me to sit by them at lunch. If I put, they would put my lunchbox down beside me, beside them for me because they wanted me 
to be included. It was the first time that I was surrounded by educators that instilled success in me, that instilled a belief in myself and me. It was the first time that I genuinely felt self-love and self-confidence. You give me I, chills. <laughs> it was the first time in my life I had ever felt that. And it was not a feeling I was used to. And I would not be the person I am today if it wasn't for my experience in arts education. Because they, wow. when I say the arts saved my life, I know it sounds like a cliche, but it's yeah. genuinely true. But what was heartbreaking for me was seeing kids that would come and do a production and then I wouldn't see them again. And when I would ask where they went, it was because they didn't have the funds or resources to continue. And I was not okay with that because I knew how much the art saved my life. And I wanted everybody to be able to experience that. So when I was 14, I started, I founded an organization called STARS, which stands for Supporting the Arts Through Resource and Scholarship. Mm -hmm. And we provide individual scholarships for school-age children to participate in theater, in dance class, oh, in wow. photography, in painting, and whatever they call art. Because I don't think anybody should miss out on this life-changing tool just right. because they don't have the funds or resources. So if anybody is struggling with finding their place all over the country in arts education, they can nominate themselves for a scholarship through our website and we then pay the funds for them to get involved. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, that was such an inspiring story. Thank right? you. And I hope your story does make a difference to you know, someone yeah. out there listening too because there are so many kids you know, out there struggling, also trying to find you know, that fit. And right. you were so young. I mean, a lot of times you hear it more, you know, middle school, but you are mm -hmm. still in elementary. Right. So, and I'm yeah. so grateful I found that outlet. And it's part of what has inspired me going to speak to people about this mm -hmm. because this story is so close to me. And I feel a lot of times, and I know that Emma has probably experienced this too, when you go to talk to people in a crown and sash, they wonder in what way, shape, or form are you relatable. Right. And I've seen, I've walked into classrooms and I've seen kids immediately get excited that there's a crown. And then when I go to talk, they're like, okay, I'm going to look down at my phone because in what way does Miss America's Outstanding Teen relate to me? Until we start talking. Right. And we have stories and we have depth and we have this key component of relatability. And we talk to these students directly to them about experiences that we've had, and we don't shy away from those things mm -hmm. because they're important to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's been um, a huge asset for Emma and I to be able to go in and talk to these students about, hey, we were where you were. Mm -hmm. We know how hard it is. Yeah. But we also know that belief in yourself and finding your outlet, finding your avenue, finding your people, finding your cheerleaders is the key to mm -hmm. success. Yeah. Well, that's very inspirational. I love right? it. I love it. Well, I have... Um, that leads me to my next question is, as reigning um, Miss America, Miss America Outstanding Teen, if you named one, I guess maybe one thing during your reign um, that just is your most memorable experience, what would you say that is? I'll let you go first because I just did a lot of talking. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. Well, I really like what you just said about this key component mm -hmm. of relatability. I have been incredibly fortunate to do so many meet and grieve this year and to meet so many people from all different walks of life from around the country. And one thing I've really, really enjoyed is getting to connect with people who are like me. I talk on this America stage about having ADHD and having dermatillomania, which is kind of a form of OCD. It's basically um, excessive skin picking. And that's actually what inspired my desire to become a dermatologist. Yeah, but um, it's talking about those shared experiences and then getting to meet people who have those shared experiences and who are maybe going through a really difficult time at that moment. Um, I've met so many people who have said, I have dermatillomania or I have trichotillomania, which is hair pulling. 
they say, I had no idea that it was an actual condition. I thought that I was just crazy. I thought that there was just something that was wrong with me. I didn't realize that there's a way that I could overcome it, that there's other people who have it and who have over overcame it. And so it was a really, really wonderful thing to get to see that there's so many people out there who are like me, who are experiencing difficult times that they, they can see a shining light of somebody who has, you know, overcome these things. But um, aside from that, I also really enjoyed getting to fly with the Thunderbirds. Oh, um, <laughs> that one. It was a really cool experience getting to fly in an F-16. It's something that not a lot of people get to experience. And it was just such a cool thing. And I think about it all the time still. It was just, it, it was so cool. And it'll probably go down as one of my favorite events is Miss America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, good. I mean, it's crazy because now I usually would say I don't know what my favorite appearance is because I just have so many coming up. And now that I <laughs> yeah. have four days left as Miss America's Outstanding Teen, I no longer get to say that. But I have so many, you know, unique experiences from this year. I mean, getting invited to South by Southwest was has been a dream of mine for years and getting invited was so special. And um, getting to sing for the Phillies and getting to sing in Bridgestone Arena was so um, those were, those two experiences were so unique. Um, but probably the cherry on top of my year, um, I got to recently go visit Texas Children's Hospital, um, in mm. Houston, Texas. Um, my cousin, I talk about her a lot. Um, my cousin, um, died when she was four years old from polycystic kidney disease. Aww. And, um, Texas Children's Hospital was the, was her place. Huh. Um, she lived, she lived in Houston because, um, they moved to Houston when they, um, knew Molly had PKD because, um, they wanted to be able to, to be near a hospital that could, help her. And it really was the place that kept Molly alive for as long as she was, mm -hmm. not only by being healthy, but her spirit. I mean, right. you yeah. met Molly and you never would have known anything was wrong with her. Oh. She was the most special girl in this world. And, um, a lot of my, my purpose that mm -hmm. I've found since her passing was just keeping her legacy alive. So, yeah. um, getting to go speak at Texas Children's Hospital and be with those, um, be with those kids. And, yeah. um, I, I mean, just seeing these little girls' faces light up when they see a princess walk in the room. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. I remember I was helping with music therapy, which again, goes along with the arts, the arts. and just how yeah. much the arts is beneficial, not only just in our schools, but just in life, because these mm -hmm. kids are finding so much help in music. Um, in music therapy, I was helping out and this little girl came up to me and she was like, can I just hold your hand? Aww. So through everything that we did, she just stood by me and held wow. my hand. And, oh, that's so sweet. Um, that was just so special. And I just really felt, I felt her presence there. Yeah. Um, and that was just wow. a bucket list for me to get to, to get to be there and keep wow. her legacy alive. That was awesome. Wow. I mean, well, it sounds like both of you guys have had remarkable reigns. Um, and you know, I'm wishing you both the best. I know you guys are going to go so far. I can't wait to like watch what you guys do and be able to say, I had them on my Yes. <laughs> so that's with that. Let's say cheers yes. to okay. your current rates and new ventures. And cheers to you for Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to contact Kimberly with your real estate needs, you can reach her at KimberlyWoodard.ebby.com. We hope you enjoyed our guest this week. And remember, don't just love your home, love your community.